0: This is Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube or YouTube Music. Or I don't know why we're listening to podcasts on YouTube, but apparently many people are. So we thank you for that. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started at the Boston Podcast Network here. We produce podcasts all around the world, not just in Boston, although we do have a lovely studio in Westwood, Massachusetts. You can visit us there or do the whole thing remotely. Go to pod617.com to get started. All right, enough of that. It is January. It is the new year. It is the time of tired old resolutions that many of us have probably already broken, but I got to say, usually it's lose weight is among the top of many people. It's usually the top of mine. I had Five Guys Burgers with my son the other day, so I don't know if I had a resolution, but it's gone. But the help is on the way. In fact, help is here in the virtual studio. We have an expert on the subject. Dr. Catherine Toomer is a physician. She's a hypnotherapist and perhaps most notably founder of Total Weight Care Institute, and she's here in the virtual studio. So let's properly welcome her. How are you, Hello. Doctor? I'm well, thank you. Where are you geographically? I don't know this
1: geographically. I am in South Carolina. Whereabouts near Columbia, like between Columbia and Columbia, South Carolina, and Augusta, Georgia.
0: Oh well, it must be yeah. what's what's the weather like there today?
1: It's cold. Really? Um, yeah, it's uh, in the 20s. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I
0: never would have guessed that. You're practically
1: We usually don't have this. Yeah. I don't know what's gone.
0: Well, but- well, you can see how you like it because it won't last long for you. For us, we're we're just we're just getting ready to get cold here. It is like 16 degrees here in the Boston area today. It's icy and we we we've, we've just begun to complain about the weather here. We're not done yet. So, tell me, let's start a, a little bit about your background when did you decide that this was going to be your mission
1: well it quite by accident actually and mm-hmm. out of desperation about 23 years ago like i are- yeah i was i was over 100 pounds overweight i was an insulin dependent diabetic and i had just had my daughter and went into congestive heart failure oh my goodness And when I tried to get help in the only way that I could get help, because my heart was going to do what it was going to do. So I decided, well, let me try to get my diabetes under control, and then my weight will follow. Mm. But because it was somewhat controlled on medicine already, no one wanted to touch me. They're like, get your heart together. Mm. And so my husband, who's also a physician, and I started working together to figure out how I could save my life, because I had a 50% chance of living five years. Or I would have needed a heart transplant. So it was one or the other. And so what we did um, was we started trying to control my diabetes. And one of the beautiful things about diabetes, you can control it one meal at a time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that's what we did. And we started writing down everything we did. The only issue I started running into, though, is that I had a really hard time with postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. and cardiac disease also causes depression. And so I realized I needed to treat that first. So it became, and I had already learned about the biopsychosocial approach to treatment. Mm-hmm. And so we just sort of combined it all. And then over the years, it's my weight came off and I started using it with my patients, but it became harder and harder to do when employed by someone else. So I started my own practice wow. and- started helping people reverse their chronic diseases through weight loss and then using weight loss to just to basically build up their health and wellness.
0: So for a timeline, how old is your daughter now? She is 23. Oh, okay. So it's it's been quite a road for you. And I'm yes, sure, I'm sure yes. your, your daughter's grateful that, that you got healthy. Wow, what a story. And for those that are listening to this podcast, you can't see Dr. Toomer, but Let's just say she looks like she's in fantastic shape. Um, And is everything good now?
1: Yes. Oh, I've lost over 100 pounds and I'm no longer on insulin. And my heart has actually improved quite a bit. I've been taken off the transplant list.
0: Mm. So let's talk about what you do with the Total Weight Care Institute. Let's start here. I Mm -hmm. noticed that one of the things you pitch is a compassionate alternative to the shame to change model. So Mm -hmm. I'd say over the past decade or so, there seem to have been great strides to eliminate or alleviate weight shaming. But is Mm -hmm. it still a big problem? Absolutely. Tell me it is
1: absolutely still a problem. Mm. So partly because medicine hasn't caught up. We are still under the delusion that it's all about calories in calories out, that all weight loss is, is how, what you eat and how much you exercise. And that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. We know there's a genetic component. We know there's a metabolic component. And so the hormones are involved. And once hormones get involved, then all bets are off. Mm-hmm. And so it's still a problem many, many times. And this happened to me as well. When going to see your physician for any complaint, if you're overweight, it's assigned to your weight, and you're just told lose weight. But the pain's still there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The The other problems that you're having are still there, but they're not being addressed because it's all being assigned to weight. And then people project their own fat phobia, their own biases, their own prejudices onto that weight, and then you're left without help. So, and that's still happening.
0: So let me get this straight, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but w- okay. with it, it's always weight loss is always a great challenge and sometimes a great mystery to most people i've gone on diets before and when i was when i hit 40 i probably had my most successful diet if you want to call it that i guess i i did lose some weight i got pretty trim most of that was diet there was definitely exor- i definitely exercised but i found the most dramatic came from diet but but you need to exercise too we all think we we all we, we wrestle with how much and all that and sometimes it, but sometimes it does feel like the harder you work sometimes you're still not seeing results are you saying this is a terribly long-winded question are you are you saying that two people who have identical diet and exercise habits can have very different results in terms of weight in terms of what's going on in their in their you say metabolism i get that the genetics but also their psyche Yes. So so literally being depressed can make you heavy even if you're not eating Cheetos and Doritos. Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that right?
1: And anxiety and ADHD as well.
0: Really? Okay. Yes. So what so when people come to you, what's where do you start?
1: Well, I start by getting a history. I want to know their past medical history, medications because there're a lot of medications that cause weight gain. There, I also find out their past dieting history because that determines, one, their attitude about the process, but it also can affect how their body responds to a process because it changes your muscle mass. It changes a whole bunch of things. Our brain does not like it when we starve ourselves. And so if it even gets a whiff of starvation, or like with any type of weight loss, it will hold on to every calorie you eat. And so knowing that helps. The other is I do a depression screen, an ADHD screen, and an anxiety screen because it changes not only your attitude around food and your behavior around food, but it also changes what your body does to food when you've eaten it. And then if I really suspect there's some childhood trauma, I will do what's called an ACE screen, which is to check for any type of psychological trauma that could have happened from childhood, because that does lend itself to weight gain later. Mm -hmm. And so I'd look for that.
0: Can you give us an example of a success story?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, you're looking at one. (laughs) (laughs) I myself have lost 107 pounds, give or take a few pounds because we always fluctuate Mm -hmm. and using my own program. I mean, I created the program for myself and I still use it. And what my program really is, is just taking a person, seeing what's going on in their life, and then going after the cause of their weight gain. Mm -hmm. And every single person that cause is different. There's certain components that are about the same, but the amount of those components change from person to person. Mm -hmm. For some people, it could be metabolism and diet. For other people, it could be a depression and that they have, they're on the diabetic continuum from insulin resistance all the way up to diabetes. And so uh, many, many people actually have glucose dysregulation, which is on the low end of the diabetes continuum. And that's why these diabetic meds that are out now work so well for weight loss. It's not because they're just some magical thing that helps weight loss out of the air. It's because they're actually treating a metabolic issue mm. and that metabolic issue is what causes weight gain.
0: So, um, and I, I think that's a great success story, but tell me about, uh, hypnotherapy. So a lot of people I think would address that with, would come to it with some trepidation because mm-hmm. th- there's a, yeah, there's a thought among many people, hypnotherapy is kind of voodoo. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I would try anything, <laughs> but, but, but tell us about your use of that and how it can be successful. Okay.
1: Well, actually, I was one of the skeptics, to be honest. You are Okay. <laughs> Until I found out what it was. Mm-hmm. And essentially what, what no therapy is, is just simply deep relax so that you can solve a problem that you have that's being blocked by your consciousness. And so you just kind of put people in deep relaxation so that that solution can come forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really all it is. You can't make someone do something that they wouldn't have done already. And nobody tries. I mean, no one tries to hypnotize someone to have them do something. It's only for their benefit, and it's only just to help them break through some type of barrier that's keeping them from some success.
0: Mm. Probably one of the more misunderstood uh, disciplines in medicine and science, because I think – most people, well, people like me learned what they know about hypnotherapy from watching, like, Bugs Bunny or something, and the person is hypnotized, <laughs> and then it's like, I must. Yeah, I and they must. walk
1: around like a zombie. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. and they
0: do whatever you told them to do before they snap their fingers, right? Yeah. yeah. So um a lot of people probably don't know where to start when it comes to weight loss and fitness, and given what you're telling us, that it, it's really kind of a – a mix of all these things going on in your body some people might be like well should i go to a a weight loss clinic or sh- sh- should i go see a therapist so and it sounds like you're saying either could work it was tell us about your strategy to kind of bring those together is, is that is, are you the only one doing this
1: <laughs> i'm not the only one yeah. but i mean i I'm a primary care physician and I was trained in what's called a biopsychosocial approach to change. So you look at the biology, you look at the psychology and you look at the social structure of the person so that you can figure out where the changes need to happen in order to get the result you want. And so where I would start would be a primary care physician to get tested, make sure there's nothing biologically going on, no thyroid Mm. issues, no diabetes or pre-diabetes and, and then no depression, get screened for depression, anxiety, even ADHD, and then start from there. And then if there's anything that needs to be referred for either counseling or if there's medication that's required, sometimes that's all that's needed. Mm. There's nothing else that has to change because often what people miss is that our cravings, our appetite, our, our food choices are driven by what happens in our brain. Mm-hmm. And often what happens in our brain is really pushed by the breakdown of carbohydrates, which is glucose. Mm-hmm. And so almost all of it's being driven by glucose. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to figure out why your body, how your body reacts to carbohydrates and that, and then fix that. And mm-hmm. that's it.
0: Is, is some of the stuff going on in our brain also influenced by things like social media, advertising? I mean, we talked a little bit, <laughs> a bit about weight shaming. This must be a challenging time. I would think more for young people, but maybe for yeah. everyone that maybe going online and Facebook and seeing how your neighbor, Sandy, lost 30 pounds and isn't she great? And there she is on the beach and it just makes you feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? It
1: is. Part of it is because most people don't tell their whole truth. They only tell part of it. They tell the part that most sensational and the part that makes them look the best when there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. There are other people who are being treated and but they're being shamed into silence for that treatment. And so they claim it's something else when actually it is medication that's being used um and and appropriately it's not like it's an inappropriate use of medication it actually is appropriate and i i've had people who i've helped lose a significant amount of weight who then turned around and used the weight gain i helped them to sell a tea that they claimed helped to lose
0: <laughs> that oh, weight oh wow
1: <laughs> yeah stuff like that happens so and that's on the internet and so you have a lot of people selling stuff Knowing good and well, they lost their weight some other way. Mm. And so, yeah, it is It pro- is It is a. Diff- it is very difficult. The other is that because fat phobia is such a problem, because thinness is a currency in the United States, and there is such a thing as uh, thin privilege. And so that fat phobia, that prejudice, that bias gets projected also into how we do something about it. It's made to seem as if it's cosmetic when really it's a health issue. And if we treat it like it's a health issue, then it takes away. We normalize using medications when it's appropriate. Mm.
0: I think more people need to subscribe to your YouTube channel and fewer need to be just kind of uh, combing Facebook and looking at the silly things their friends are doing. Because because you come to it from science, from fact. The I mentioned social media in part because... There's this, I don't know if you call it an epidemic. It's probably been around forever, but I'm talking about this multi-level marketing selling and whether they're selling health shakes or healthy foods, frozen foods that you buy online or whatever. There's nothing wrong with selling something that might be a good product for you, but the sort of, in my opinion, the sinister nature of this thing is, first of all, it's, it's the type of thing where... I think it goes back to Tupperware and the Avon lady. They, they get you in and then you're supposed to throw a party and get your friends to do the same thing and sell. They're selling all these shakes. Exactly. But what's, what's so, what bothers me so much about it is what they, they don't necessarily sell the product. They sell, look at how great I look. Look at how happy I am. They have all these scripts that are written for them. Like I took charge of my life and I became my own businessman and now I'm also healthy and look at I lost all this weight. All right. That was my rant. So I know, I know, I know, I know you're, we
1: have the same soapbox. Yeah. I, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so good on you for, for taking a stand against it. So if when tell me, you've mentioned that the, the, a great place to start is where I think most people necessarily wouldn't think is that just go to your, your primary care physician and find out if there's something going on there that could be affecting your weight and your fitness. What types of things do you end up prescribing to people whether literally or just sort of metaphorically in other words it sounds like you're saying there's there could be a lot more going on there could be it could be medication you need if so there you go but it could be like better habits better sleep things that help your mental fitness what types of things do you end up talking about
1: all of that (laughs) Um, part, part of it is because like i said weight is simply a symptom and so it's it's not the disease itself. It is it is a symptom of other things. And so it's just a matter of looking for those other things and addressing them. And once they're addressed, it's very easy process and it's a healthy process and it's a lifelong process. So it's really important that whatever happens now, you have to be able to do when you're 90. Otherwise, whatever benefit you're getting from what you're doing is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so or it's not beneficial at all mm-hmm. because you may get thin, but that doesn't mean you're you're healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, and so weight shouldn't be the focus. Mm-hmm. It should be health and then it should be how you feel. So I tend to focus a lot on energy, sleep, uh, relationships with people around work relationships, stress level stress is probably one of the biggest components that people ignore mm-hmm. because it counters all other aspects of health mm-hmm. just because of the hormonal problems it causes. And so, I really just look at all of it. I look at the whole person Mm -hmm. and I have to, you have to address it all. Otherwise, whatever part that's not addressed, it will fight against the other parts that are being addressed. And so, and then the process either takes a lot longer, it's a lot harder, or it just fails altogether.
0: By the way, you should go to drtumer.com that's just d r t o o m e r.com to learn more about Dr. Tumor and the Total Weight Care Institute. What you're an accomplished physician, you're an accomplished speaker. What do you what, what do you hope your legacy is going to be at the end of the day? How's that for a philosophical question?
1: My legacy at the end of the day will it would be that I have helped normalize the importance of health and the the movement away from the aesthetics of weight loss mm. because every person weight doesn't have a size i mean sorry health doesn't have a size and everyone is built differently and we should embrace how we're built and and feel good about how we are and stop referring to our weight as a flaw
0: mm.
1: or as a imperfection and rather focus on the things that are positive and I hope that my legacy has been passed through my daughters. I have three daughters, I have granddaughters, and I hope that my legacy is that they go through life not focusing on their body, how they look, but rather on how healthy they are.
0: Well, I can't think of a better answer. That's that's that was the answer we were looking for. Well done. No, but 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 that but I hear you loud and clear, and it made me think. So. I think most people just, they may hear this, but they may not believe it, that if they have a body that does not appear to be the the, the portrait of health as has been developed by our the American society of today, part of the quote-unquote cure, my words, not yours, but might be coming to grips with the fact that if you are healthy and you are happy, this body might be the right one for you is is that true? Tell me about that yes.
1: really the best way to determine your health and that will be health now and and in the future is to maximize your muscle and when you maximize your muscle for every single person that is going to be that's going to result in a different shape for every single person mm. I mean you look at someone like Serena Williams her body fat is probably low Zero? yeah <laughs> i mean healthy but low <laughs> right and you know so health and does not necessarily mean thin it, mm. in fact often it doesn't mean thin and then you have others who are long distance athletes like kenyan runners mm. who also have low muscle i mean low fat but percentage. Much, but much but their body, body shape, shape is yeah. very different yeah and so it's just a matter of maximizing your health and accepting yourself wherever your body lands. Just get healthy, let your body go where it goes, and be happy.
0: Well, great stuff. I'm going to go out and get healthy myself in whatever fashion I do, but it, it really does make you think about, is is it is it a heck of a lot more than you can blame yourself for having an extra slice of pizza, but maybe you should be blaming yourself more for stressing for three weeks on end about... Bills or about something you said to your boss or whatever it may be. So a lot to think about. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Tumor. But t- t- before you go, tell me, I mentioned the website, drtumor.com. Is that the best place? Anything else people should know about what you do?
1: Well, pretty much I'm the only Dr. Katherine Harmon tumor on the internet. So if you search for me, you'll find me. And I am on YouTube as Dr. Tumor. I'm on Facebook as Dr. Tumor. My website is drtumor.com. And the only place that changes on TikTok, I'm Dr. Tumor Talks because there was already a Dr. Tumor and I had to. Oh, it. we
0: got to yeah. get rid of that Dr. Tumor. No, <laughs> that's the other Dr. Tumor. That's not Dr. Catherine Tumor. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a good time.
1: Thank you. I did very much. Thank you for
0: having me. Great. Stick around for just one sec, Dr. Tumor, while I say goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts wherever you find your pods. And again, if you want your own podcast, you should have one. It's a great time to start one up for the new year, whether you want to connect with a professional network of people or whether you just want to do it for fun. Pod617.com is the place to go. On behalf of my new best friend, Dr. Catherine Toomer, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. everybody.